we're live. Yes, we're live, pal. There it is. Oh man! Once again, Jordan is is repping the uh, the sick background. Who are those guys? I'm not a wrestling guy. Is that is that like the Ultimate Warrior pre Ultimate Warrior? Yep. Whoa! You really are not a wrestling guy. I have uh, no idea. This is like the right like time for you if you ever were interested. That's uh, the Rockers, man. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. See, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I've just I never bought into it. Wow. Well, there's still time, and uh, <laughs> I feel for you, man. There's so much. Like, pro wrestling has inspired me so much. I don't know if we'd be doing this podcast if it weren't for pro wrestling. My. We'd have the president that we have if it weren't for pro wrestling. Whether he that's is, good or bad. He's let's just... a d- WWE Hall of Famer. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's Dude, not go down that road. We Jordan, my, my dad always was like, don't watch wrestling. Steven Seagal is way better. And I was like, oh, okay. And I've never seen a Steven Seagal movie. I couldn't name one. There you go. Sensei Steven Seagal. Sensei Steven Seagal. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, well. This is pretty cool. We have the OG crew back um, for the first time in like a week, and we don't have Joe with us. Uh, he is uh, he, he had a standing. I, I don't. I mean, I think D&D. he's cool with me. Well, he's playing D and D tonight, and um, I think he's. I forget what it's called, but like he's like the the like the master of like his D and D game. Um, and he built master? a table. What's that? Dungeon master. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think. Like it sounds so he sexual. Built table, he built a table yes. for it, which he, I wow. guess he can't use now because they're doing it remotely. But like, he's way into it. He's been into it for years. He's really good at it. But anyway, Joe can't be with us tonight. We'll pour one out for him. But we do have um, an, an OG guest back, Mr. Jeff Blake. And I wasn't on the last time. I forget why. But uh, so this is our first chocolate croissants episode together. There we go. I'm be- so- we. Was the first one in Jordan's apartment? Is that right? Yeah, episode forty. Mm-hmm. Ep- episode. And 40. I was where? What? Wait, was I there? I, I think you were, Matt. I think As you were you there. said that, I spaced oh, no. too. I was like, was he there? Was he not? Now that I'm there? thinking, maybe I was. Did you guys do it? Tw- I don't know. I like. I have a weird recollection of it, and for some reason, I thought it was remote. But maybe, maybe I was there because now it's coming back to me that I did ask specific questions about like recovery and certain things you were going through so yeah i guess i was there all right so scratch that i have a terrible memory but we're back at it (laughs) i do too all good (laughs) so um justin how you doing welcome back from a week off thanks man i was kind of bummed i i uh i had like signed off of work and tried to jump in and i think you guys had just started the episode uh but you know i was i was Glad, nonetheless, that, that Joe was there to, you know, to, to bridge the fourth member gap. Yeah, it was cool. It was good to talk to Bill. Um, you guys should know that he has made steps to start his own podcast. Um, he came up with a name for it, and he's sourcing a microphone for it. So he's he's moving along. I hope he really sticks with it, because I think that'd be great. He, he, he'd be good at it. Agreed. Yeah, he was a fun chat. Yeah, it was different than my previous conversations with him in that, uh, you know, most of the time when I talk to him, it's very loose and fun and it's all about stories. And this was definitely a little bit more heavy considering what he was talking about and the situation that he's in. But he has an art of making it still lighthearted 
if there's if, if that's a talent he has it so that's pretty cool um but anyway so we were before we went live we were just talking with jeff about the fact that he is in hawaii where where in hawaii are you i'm on maui right now in kahalui which is what they call a town because that's where the airport is okay and we were we were talking about I was asking Jeff about the incidents incidences of uh, coronavirus where he is, and I'll let you continue to talk about what you were saying before we went live. Yeah, it's uh, it's relatively low here, which is a beautiful thing. It's still something that everybody is so on guard about. I just went out and wore my face mask, but uh, we're probably in the the low hundreds with about two cases being discovered per day. And the biggest burst of cases was when the local hospital, it was kind of scandalous, the local hospital revealed that they knew that some of their workers had uh, COVID-19, but were still having them work because that's all they, they could do at that point. But uh, my wife works at a skilled nursing facility. They've had things on like lockdown, no new patients, no transfers from different islands. So some places, like especially protecting the elderly, are doing, they've been uh, going above and beyond since day one, just because that's the most at-risk population. Wow, yeah. And has your wife been handling everything okay? And has it been pretty contained because of that at, at her location? Yes, relatively contained. There was a week where she realized that she had been exposed to to a positive uh, uh, infected human, a really nice guy who was asymptomatic, like showing no signs of it. And uh, she kind of went in self-quarantine in our own house. So I'm sleeping in one room, she's sleeping in the other. And uh, that, you know, we've kind of been going back and forth with that because as let's say like another nurse or nurse's assistant realizes that like their spouse was infected. Now we have a new possible circle that you just kind of need to think about how can you control exposure to that new circle. So if you have one person, they're like the nuclei and then it kind of spreads out. So there've been a couple of times where we're like, okay, back to the same bed. Oh, no, I'm going back to my room now. And that's, that's weird. Like we're, you know, we've been married since July. Last time I was in, in Baltimore with, with these fellas and, uh, yeah, it's weird being so close and now having to create some physical distance is a, is a thing. So when you ask if things are okay, things are awesome. They're just different. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. How are you, um, how are you both handling, uh, that scenario and, you know, the potential risk mentally, physically i mean obviously jeff you um as justin was saying when i signed on you are the uh the fitness master and the health (laughs) master but i but i am curious as to you know how you're dealing with with the potential very close exposure and then also like mentally and physically is there preparation is there routine are there things that you're doing to just keep yourself you know in line every day Yeah, so I have a pretty set routine and generally starts with uh, the Wim Hof breathing technique for three rounds, which is about 10 minutes. And that is uh, 
can be easily, easily Googled, but uh, it just involves relatively quick in and out breaths um, and then an exhalation and then a breath hold with no air and what this has been shown to do. And I'm, I'm a pretty big skeptic. I even went, drove up to New York to see him talk and talk about the science behind it. And he basically gave the, uh, the good, the mojo and the juju. And then he had scientists there <laughs> to talk about what it does Matt, for you. But it, Matt, Matt, have you heard of this Wim Hof guy? <laughs> so, well, Jeff, not to cut you off. I've been, I've been doing the, the breathing and the, his actual 10 week course. I'm, I'm on week seven right nice. now. Um, and we've had a number of, a number of guests in the previous weeks who have either been doing the exercises, um, or who have done it in the past, many of whom practice it daily, like, uh, Jeff Holcomb, Benny Greb, both, um, both do it every day. I'm, I'm doing it every day. So it's interesting too, because I was definitely skeptic, skeptical about it initially, but doing it every day. I do around four to four to six rounds of breathing mm-hmm. every day. At di- sometimes at different times, I do the cold exposure. I can't tell you how much better I feel mentally and physically because of it. And I, I, yeah, I was going to ask if you do any of of the breathing or the cold exposure mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, uh, so anyway, I don't want to cut you off, but please no. keep, keep going. But I'm curious to hear how it's how long you've been doing it and how it's affected you. So I've been doing it on and off for years now since I uh, drove up and saw him in New York. But when I had the realization that I was nervous about COVID-19 and there were a couple options. There was the, the freak the fuck out option, which I did that for a short amount of time. Didn't feel right. <laughs> and then after that, I just had to think what's in my control and there, yeah, there's stimulation and calming of the immune system that is in my control. So it, I can control who I'm exposed to, uh, whether I wear a mask or not, certain responsible things. And then I can also, res- you know, control how healthy I am. So probably right when the, the outbreak started, I, I, I started the daily practice because I just thought this is something that's in my control. Like, I can't worry about the other stuff going to happen regardless um and that's what felt right i'd also been doing some breathing exercises daily and daily anyway because i like to free dive out here which is just doing a breath hold and swimming to a depth that you've never gone before going to a depth or and then holding there for a certain amount of time so i'd been practicing breathing exercises and breath work but the specific immune boosting stuff i started the second I realized I needed to get in control what I could. Um, Athletic Greens was another one. Um, But then I actually ended up stopping doing that because if you have any autoimmune issues, something that will boost your immune system is going to throw it into a more overactive state. So I just had to kind of cut that off for a while because I noticed there was more inflammation in my body and I wasn't feeling as good, which was so counterintuitive. Justin knows that despite joking, calling me the master trainer, like despite my time in the industry, I don't apply to other people the same uh, stuff or I don't apply to myself the same stuff that I apply for other people. So I'm extreme. 
I try the most extreme thing, and then usually it's somewhere just in the middle that's the right answer. He talks me off the ledge every once in a while, right, Justin? Of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always that, that fine line of, of when you work in something that becomes the biggest conflict of like, you know, if, if you worked at the music venue, do you always want to go back and see that band that you love? You're like, yeah, but there's a conflict there. Like, I don't really want to be here. with us. So it's like we can often give a lot of the best advice, but it's hard for us to always heed that same advice. Yeah, so I, I had to kind of take my extreme immune boosting thing down a notch. Um, for regularity and working out, I've just got two kettlebells and a set of gymnastic rings, and that's all I need. I've been um, cautious just to keep things relatively low volume. Like a lot of people think, oh, you know, exercise uh, boosts your immune system and makes you stronger and healthier. But if you are exercising to an intensity or a volume that it's taking away more than it's building, you find yourself overtrained and getting sick. So I'm just on a every other day strength training routine. That's yeah. And I, I've sort of been <clears throat> like, Justin's been giving me some workouts. I've been running workouts by him, but I've been pretty careful. And I think Justin, you've probably been pretty careful to not overload the workouts that I'm doing. Um, and I would imagine that's also because of the, the risk of inflammation. Right. Um, and that's, I think that's what you're even alluding to when you're talking about getting sick or hurting, but like if I'm lifting too heavy or if I'm, injuring myself uh, injury is the wrong word but if i'm overexerting myself exactly. um, yeah that tasks my system a little bit too much but i've noticed that like with the workouts that you've been giving me justin specifically the one you know when we did the the suitcase bag workout the other day um i loved it i mean it was great it was relatively low impact in terms of the the exercises they're all things that i can do pretty quickly it was a fast-paced exercise i did what i think what i do 10 rounds and um i was pretty sore funny enough i was probably more sore than i wanted to get from it but <laughs> didn't realize i was going to get that sore. so jeff i basically packed a duffel suitcase with a bunch of towels and shirts and pants and you know just all sorts of stuff yeah to make it heavier. yeah and i was doing um so i was doing deadlifts with it into a bent over row into a um what was it a clean s snatch like a look clean or a clean yeah yeah a right. clean <clears throat> press, press and then laying on my back doing a like a chest press and i did Love that it. 10 times but i was way more sore in my hamstrings more than anything i think funny enough anyway Love not it. to go down that rabbit and hole course, but like, it I was way I, for, for anyone else who's paying attention to this, you know, that that's thinking like, oh, I want to try that. Uh, I did suggest that like, oh, do you have a big bag of rice or, and I looked it up and I was like, oh, walmart.com. It's like $8. You could order a 25 pound bag of rice, which is the same thing as, you know, someone who goes out and spends uh, 50 or a hundred dollars on a sandbag. And you've got the yeah. balance of the thing that's not perfect. It's not like a barbell with these perfectly balanced weights. This is kind of fun because this is like the real world plus it's springtime you might be going out there thinking like i'm ready to garden and then you go and you pick up the big bag of mulch wrong and you go oh my god i my back my whatever i can't do that right now so this is good training for you know kind of life and what's to come and this is the person who travels a lot who has who's got to pick up that heavy bag like matt you do a lot of traveling of course with your band 
Um, so, and, and to be fair, I told him five rounds. He goes, oh, well, that was great. I think I'm going to do five more. And I was like, all right, it means suit yourself. But it, the same thing I've been, I've been working with Joe, who's not here, but Joe's, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe just talked about it in, in, the, in the group. Uh, if anybody wants to throw it out there, anybody for the group? Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. And by the way, I love that sandbag. Nice. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, sandbags are awesome. And Joe, like, I, he has been talking about he's been doing these shorter workouts and enjoying them. And I think there's something to be said about if you, you do a shorter workout, it's not as intense, but you get to come back tomorrow. And it's not that you yep. do one day and you don't come back for two or three days. And especially for a lot of people who have a lot of time on their hands right now, building a routine where every day you wake up and you, you know, maybe you meditate or you do the breath work and you work out and all these things, it doesn't have to be a set amount of time to feel validated. Like it's real. It can be anything. Even if you do a second, I don't, I mean, whatever, right? There, there are no rules to this, but it's a great thing to be able to set a routine now that things are so, you know, out of control and, and, and it can seem so discombobulated. It's like, wait, 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 bring it back. Like to Jeff's point, I've got two kettlebells, I've got gymnastic rings. Yeah. Maybe you do a 12 minute workout and you move on. And I've told Joe, because we've, we've been working on some, some fitness routine stuff, you know, do, do some in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever you're feeling good. And then if you're feeling good later, you can always do it again. So you could do your breath work. It's like cooking. You you know, you could make three meals in a day and get three times of practice in. And you can apply yeah. that to anything. Maybe you don't take like three showers a day, but you know. Right. So yeah. on and so forth. Well and Jeff, have you have you ever did you ever do like the ten week course with Wim Hof? I did because I got it at a discount or for free right after we did the, the, the workshop. So I hopped right on that and uh at that point i was living across from a gas station in baltimore where i could buy two or three uh bags of ice and then just throw them in the old bathtub right now uh in hawaii in maui i I don't go to the store to to buy ice it's just it'll melt in a second so got it but yeah i was doing that whole thing and it really it changes a lot about you mentally as well like matt you, you you've you don't want to hop in the cold water. You eventually do kind of start to like it and like the you challenge. Like it. It's sick. It's a sick uh, thing. It yeah. is sick. It's because it's it's lost its control over you. That's why you like it. You step into it and you're like, yeah, what now, water? <laughs> yeah. You don't have that, uh, that, that control over my body or my mind anymore. And that feels amazing. So you do kind of like it. But at the same time, you're like, God, this sucks. But yeah. we do- still do it and it helps. I'm curious, do either of you tap into uh, some kind of spirit animal or, or a mantra or something in preparation that you not only utilize for for doing the cold water task that you know is going to be enduring, and then something that maybe you also have seen, Jeff, you have a lot of, you know, you've got you know, years of experience with this now, uh, that you sure. then also take and translate into other things in life? I do. I have a little bit of a workup that I do for a lot of things uh, that a lot of your nervous system can be stimulated through your hands and your feet. So before I'm about to do something like this, have a talk where I need to be very present or engaged, or before I'm going to do a set of kettlebell presses, or before I'm about to hop in some really cold water, 
I stomp my feet four times, so left, right, left, right, and then I clap once, and for some reason, the clap is always way too quiet, so then I clap a second time, and it's like, pow, and then I'm ready. So that's kind of my thing. Where did that ritual come from? Uh, it came from, it's a combination of things. Like if you, the more you seek out learning, the more correlations and parallels you see. So I knew that Tony Robbins jumps on a, on a trampoline for like 30 jumps before he hops on stage and then does some claps or like body slaps or something like that. Plus, if we were just talking about body slaps, seeing the wrestler behind you, like any athlete's psych up either includes going deep, deep down and just shutting everything down, or I'm not going to do it because it'll be really loud in the mic, but just slapping the chest, slapping your legs, whatever it is to get ready for something. So athletics, Tony Robbins, as well as a, a course I went to where they just talked about the nervous system and irradiating strength. So if I did that little foot stomp and, and clap thing, and then let's say I had a, a kettlebell in my right hand and I was about to do a press with it. If I had the kettlebell in my right hand and I squeezed the left hand as hard as possible, it actually creates a, a stronger force through the whole system, through the whole nervous system, and thereby makes you stronger, which as a, a person who used to just value getting stronger more than anything else, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is so simple, but it works. So... Tony Robbins, athletes, uh, performance-type sports like kind of led me to realize that this priming is what a lot of people call it, is a, a real powerful thing. To tie a couple of these things together, I don't know if you guys seen the Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix. Uh, mm -hmm. I watched it a few years ago. I, I think it's called I Am Your Guru. And I, I think it's I Am Not Your Guru. Yeah. I Am Not Your Okay. All right. Thanks for the clarification. Um I think the first thing he does in the morning is he gets into an ice bath yep. outside. And um, that was one of the first times I had seen it as, as, as a morning routine, but also heard someone explain clearly what the value of it for him. And, and basically, uh, from memory, what he, what he was sharing was that uh, from the very start of waking up, it's his exercise of letting... Um, letting his system, his body, his spirit know that he is in charge, that he's going to do something that uh, his mind and his body in many ways does not want, but he's not going to let that operate uh, his time that day. And that resonated so much with me. And I see that in myself, you know, when I, I can go to sleep very inspired, but when I wake up and I'm groggy, it's often hard to be in that state. Right, we sure. we talked, you know, in previous episodes about uh, the the different states where we can be in in like a fear zone or a growth zone, and often when I and other people wake up, you're in a lower zone, a more unconscious zone because we're still groggy, and that's one of the reasons why having a routine is so important because that keeps us accountable, um, and it's not all on us and our willpower in that moment to figure <clears throat> out what what you're going to do. If it's already decided for you um, and you know what you can do behaviorally to prime yourself for the day, uh, then it makes things so much easier. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, I want to say, too, that, uh, like, one, 
the morning, if, if anybody's going to try to get into that stuff, the morning is a great time to do it because it is the hardest time to do it, which is then going to be the most effective um, time to do it from a longevity standpoint. Not, not, I don't mean in terms of life, but I mean in terms of its, its beneficial effects because um, you wake up, you're warm, you know, your bed's really comfortable. The last thing you want to do is get in freezing cold water and stand there or sit there and, you know, force yourself to feel that discomfort and pain. But if you can do it similar to, to the way you described Tony Robbins approaches, it, it, it's empowering. Um, it's exhilarating. It wakes you up big time. You, it, you don't need coffee. You know, if you're trying to get rid of coffee, that's a great substitute for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think so the, the the breathing for me over the past however many weeks has been great because it helps me I feel really good afterwards I know there's there's uh, mental and physical benefits for my immune system I know it's good for my body that, that that gives me confidence for sure but the the cold exposure has brought on a level of confidence in myself to be able to conquer uncomfortable situations so much better. And I really attribute the way that I have been feeling and dealing with the the world right now and the situation we're all in. I attribute the confidence I have with that. And to be honest, my pretty much complete lack of anxiety now to the cold exposure and forcing myself into those uncomfortable situations. Um, because really, guys, if you think back weeks ago, where I was, it's like a different person now. And I'm really proud of that, but it hasn't come easy. It's been because I've been committed to this work um, and I've been doing it every single day. And Jeff, having gone through that 10 week course as well, like what I'm noticing, and I I don't want to say for sure because I'm not finished with it yet, but what I'm noticing is that what what Wim is having you do progressively in, in regards to the cold is he's putting you in essentially more for lack of a better word, dangerous situations and forcing you or at least encouraging you to use your mind to get past those, those yeah. sort of autonomic responses. Right. Um, and like what I'm doing now is the combination of breathing with the cold exposure, which, you know, when you watch it initially, that's like, don't do this in water. And now it's right. like, do this in water. Right. And I find myself so focused on, uh, not giving in to like some of the, the, the responses that I feel as I'm doing the breathing in the cold. It's like, you could let yourself pass out for sure, sure. but you can also fight against it. And that's what I'm doing. And it's that mental strength and focus that now I've been applying elsewhere. And so to answer your question, Justin, my sort of, it's not a mantra, but walking into any uncomfortable situation or like um, if I get a feeling of worry or anxiety, I stop and I take about five to 10 deep breaths in and out pretty quickly. And then on the last breath, I hold it for as long as I can and I almost squeeze and I imagine sending all of the, the oxygen to every part of my body and specifically into my gut where I feel the anxiety and I force it there and I think about that it's like warming it up and, and eradicating any negative feelings. And then when I breathe out, it's it's going to be 
out with the the breath, right? It, like I'm getting rid of it. Um, and as hokey as that sounds, it works. Like it, it really works. And, and it's something that you can do anywhere at any time. And, and, and you can, you can do it very much so by yourself, you know, it, like you don't need to, um, alert anybody else to it. It's something that you can do privately. And it's, so the thing I want to try, um, which I haven't done yet is when I get a chance to go back to my doctor, I always get white coat syndrome when they take my blood pressure. So I want to walk into that situation very focused on being calm, knowing that I'm doing everything I possibly can to be healthy, that I'm doing things to lower my blood pressure actively with diet, with health, with cold exposure, with a number of different things. So that when I walk in there, I see the results that I want to get and I'm not nervous about it. And that's just one example, but, um, I'm kind of more excited than I was previously maybe nervous for that kind of challenge. Um, and I think it's because of all this, this, uh, because of this routine that I'm doing every day, you know? So I don't know if you guys can relate to it or Jeff specifically having gone through it, but it does prepare you in a way to face discomfort in a much more like focused, calm, slower manner, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear what Jordan has to say, if he'll remind me to just bring back up focus and flow state after that. Yeah. Jordan, I I know you. I was going to go somewhere else. Um, But Matt, when you have that experience, let us know how that went. I'm curious. Um, Yeah. What got my interest is uh, you were saying that uh, kind of, mentally uh, allowing all that oxygen uh, and, and really your own attention to go to the gut. Is that where you typically experience physical anxiety? Yeah, it's in my stomach. Like when I, um, when something happens or, or let's say I take in some sort of stimuli um, that freaks me out mentally the first place, like I process it here, but I feel it right in my gut. And like, it's almost like a drop on a roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. It hits me right away. And then once I feel that, that triggers this other response of like, oh man, now I'm going to feel this. Now it's going to be a thing. Now I'm going to overthink this. Um, So I go right to that point now, that space by bringing in, our, our, our lifeblood or our breath, right. By bringing in oxygen to basically eradicate those, those negative feelings, um, and get back to the focus, which is in this case, it's like, hold on a minute. That thought is not real and it is not in control of me. I am in control of what I choose to let affect me. I'm in control of what I choose to let, um, you know, physically and mentally, um, debilitate me or not, I'm not going to go there. And then, and, and it, it, I don't even really have to say that stuff at this point. It's more so I know what I'm doing with, with the breathing, right. And the hold. And it like, it really is, uh, I don't know. It's just empowering. You feel, you feel really good and get into that sort of flow state as, as you referred to it, Jeff, yeah. like, because then it's just, all right, here we go. We're going to tackle this, you know? Yeah, just to follow up, uh, I'm really glad you shared that. And 
yeah, it's now more automatic for you to respond in that way because just like a muscle, you've developed it. Uh, where at, at first, it, it was probably highly, highly intentional and it took way more energy because you were introducing a new response to that experience. Um, it grabbed my attention because I was working with one of my clients uh, earlier this afternoon and he was talking about his experience of anxiety uh, being more in the chest, which is similar to mine. Um, and, you know, I was reviewing with him the, the, the model that is often used of you got uh, our thoughts or beliefs, cognition. You got our behaviors, our actions in the world, uh, and you have feelings, emotions. And when we have an experience of anxiety or anger or anything else, uh, it often is this feedback loop. So uh, some stimulus may cause anxiety. Maybe that's going to the doctor's office. And maybe you hold these anxious beliefs about the doctor's office, which gets activated. Those beliefs uh, start uh, having creating anxious feelings. So maybe your heart races. And because the heart is racing, uh, maybe that causes some behavior, uh, like you get pissed drunk because you want to avoid that. Um, and that, in turn, makes the cycle in that sense, become uh, less helpful, more negative. It creates more of that discomfort. Um, and in the story you just shared, Matt, I mean, you perfectly uh, explained from these different levels. You have a set behavior that you know how to engage in when you feel that in your stomach. You do the breathing. You're also um, aware of uh, the cognitive level of actually observing and saying to yourself, like, yo, this probably isn't even based in reality, these thoughts that seem a bit unconscious and automatic. And, and all these different levels, you're pretty much just killing the cycle, stopping the cycle in its tracks. It doesn't mean you get rid of the anxiety completely, but you're slowing it down enough to uh, bring in some more of uh, a, a higher zone or more consciousness or more awareness. And the more you do that, the easier it gets. Yeah, let me let me just say two two quick things. One, I want to be clear. Also, <clears throat> I'm not a fucking master of this at all. Like, I'm very much a student right now. And part of the reason why I'm identifying this stuff <clears throat> is because I'm practicing it every day, and it's become the main focus each day for me. I have work. I have other things, but those other things get moved around based on these very important aspects of my day now. Um, and I, I foresee that being the case, honestly, ongoing, because the benefits are so great and I want to continue to learn. Um, as a student, I also really want to, like, for example, Jeff, your method, stomping your feet, clapping your hands, that's something I absolutely want to try, you know, yeah. because there isn't one right way. And I want to experience what other people do to conquer you know, to, to, to get ready for whatever they're facing. Um, so I, this is not necessarily the one be all way to do it. It's just something that's working for me. And I just want to, I want to be careful about that personally. Um, so I, that, that's one thing I wanted to say. And then two is, um, what you're describing is something that I've read about <clears throat> Jordan. Um, it's, it's called the wedge, right? You, mm. you sort of, throw the you stick the wedge in between this sort of mental physical emotional autonomic response um and you do that through practicing um you know to to stop that that cycle from occurring and i almost think about it like 
and if you go off the way you described it, like you have those three pillars, right? Um, I think of it like a circle, like a pie, and in the middle, I think of literally throwing in like a, a like a, a wooden stake right in the heart of it, and that stake has a bomb on the end, and it blows it apart, right? So and so when I'm breathing in that air and I'm pushing it into that part of my body, I'm literally envisioning. That, that sort of internal explosion of the bad feelings, you know, and then I breathe out the smoke from it. Um, so I don't know if that visualization helps or the term, the terminology helps. I, I certainly didn't create that term. Um, sure. That's something that, you know, I'm sure you guys all know, but um, point is I'm just, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to learn about more of this stuff because I think that at, in any given situation, the idea isn't to just have one go-to it's to have multiple ways in case one maybe is more effective than the other at a certain time or one is more appropriate than the other at a certain time you know it it, it might not be a good idea if if justin you walk in you know to work and you're a little anxious you start stomping your feet and clapping your hands <laughs> and on your chest i actually do that there's every maybe day. right well, there you I go but then, you know, maybe there's another method that's more appropriate so it's like jeff I want to, that's why I'm so curious about what you're doing, what your methods are. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyway, I'm, I, I know Justin wants to say something, but I'm still reminding you about focus and flow state to come back to that. Yes. Justin, do you want to go? Sure. I'll go, I'll go quickly. I just wanted to make a couple points. Um, one, when Jordan and I were living under the same roof, something we would do was called bioenergetics. And we would just do some practices where we would kind of jump up and down. We would grunt. We would, uh, we would end with screaming and uh, there were times that I was training someone and I would get them to break out of their box at the end of a session and just like let it all out, that primal release, you know, whatever's in you, it's guttural, just let it out. And they, you know, and this had happened a couple of different times where they would scream and it, and it just like you felt like there was some resistance there. And it's like, you've got more in you. You got to just let, let the shit out, right? Let it out. So... I would scream as an example, kind of like, you know, when you go take the yoga class and they take that big inhalation, that exhalation, that's like the end of the world just came out of them. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jordan, for the visual. It's just like, (laughs) you know, it all comes out. And then you're like, oh, I can be more comfortable in this space. Someone has created that space for me to actually express what, what is, is, is so pent up in me. I can actually let this shit out. And it would be great because I would scream, they would scream, and then Jordan would be upstairs and he would scream back at us, right? So, I, and, and of course, there are multiple ways to do this. Uh, jumping, bouncing, grunting, screaming. I know there's some kind of ritual of, of, of letting things go where you go up onto like a mountainside and you take the biggest rock you can find. This might be dangerous, you know, pending what's down below, right? But you just run and you just chuck that thing as hard as you can while screaming. And I mean, there's all these different ways of just, of just letting, letting it out, right? Um, and then I also want to speak to, to the point of this vis- the power of visualization. Uh, I was taught by watching this documentary called, uh, I think it was called Spirit of the Marathon. When I decided on a whim that it was a great idea to sign up for a marathon, it was like, oh, I'm taking a semester off of college. Uh, this book, The Non-Runner's Guide to a Marathon, said you need 16 weeks to train for a marathon. And I had never ran more than three miles. So like maybe one and a half, 1.6 or 7 uh, kilometers. And I said, oh, this is a great idea. You know, I'm going to sign up for uh, Walt Disney World's marathon. 
And one of the things we were taught was the power of visualization that when your legs get heavy, when your body gets tired, you think of those little toy soldiers, those little army guys that you might have played with when you were little. And you just think about these little toy soldiers going to every different crevice of your body that's hurting. And they go in there and they repair all the micro tears and they start, you know, injecting you with all of this good stuff and, and you just start to feel it. And when you start to believe in it, it becomes real. And so Matt, to your point, you know, I think visualizing what you're about to go do and, and, and even just taking yourself through the whole entire course of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down on the table the white coat comes in, they put the cuff on me, I'm, my, my legs aren't crossed because that's something they teach you to do for blood pressure. They put the cuff sure. on, they start pumping it up and I'm just breathing and I'm my normal self and life is great. As if you were uh, you know, <clears throat> out tanning or you know, laying by the beach or whatever you do that, that, that's just you know, the, the picture of relaxation to you. You know, sure. I, I just think it's, it's a, uh, yeah. And I, now I'm picturing Matt laying out, tanning, chest <laughs> hair out. And yeah, Jordan, give it to me one more time. Yeah. For the rockers. Hey. Baby. But yeah, uh, so, you know, um, yeah, you know, and, and I, I think it's, it's important to, to kind of uh, break that cycle. And, and we look at high level athletes getting these coaches all the time, these cycle, you know, these psych coaches that come in and they talk about the power of visualization. And it's like, you, you're, here's the start of your camp and you're going to go three months. And then, you know, here you are the heavyweight champion of the world. Like you walk yourself through the whole thing before you even show up. And this can be applied yeah. to any situation, anything you're going through. And, and of course, uh, an, another point, Jordan can probably talk to this, that Having feelings come up in the gut, those butterflies, trusting your gut, all of that stuff is real because they talk about, uh, you know, scientists talk about the, the, the you know, the, the second brain being in the gut and how many, you know, how much, how much resides in there. And so when we start to feel those feelings, uh, we can, we can definitely validate them. But then to the, to Matt, to your point and to everyone else, um, you know, you, you can have, you can take the power back and you can go through all of this practice to get there. And uh, the one last thing I wanted to say was, uh, I, I think it's really important for people to talk about the adaptation phase when you go through new stress. And of course, all of this has brought on heavy stress for everyone. And so coming up with healthy ways to adapt to the situation is so important. So uh, if any of this is resonating with you, drop a line in the Facebook group and, and we can talk about this stuff uh, even deeper, uh, you know, just to help everyone develop some sort of routine to, to to feel normal during these times or as much as possible. Yeah. Je Jeff, I want to tee you up on, on the focus to bring it yeah. back. So to be mindful of the time that we have left, uh, I want to make sure you're able to explain what global gratitude jar is. And, and also maybe uh, you've been on fire with that in particular. Um, so, so maybe you could talk about uh, how this pandemic has uh you know, affected your, your daily routines around that and, and everything else in your life. Yeah. Uh, just with the focus and the present, I just presence, I just wanted to note that everything we're talking about is mindfulness and we are realizing what thoughts are going to come in and we are realizing that our thoughts aren't us and they aren't going to control us. Like everything we've just talked about. And one, there's a couple ways that some exercises we can do can almost force a stimulus. Being in the cold forces you to focus. You can only think about your cold. 
and how your body and your mind are responding to it. So it forces a flow state. A flow state is something I'm sure we've all felt when we're giving a presentation, when we're leading a drum circle, when we're playing the drums in front of a huge crowd. Um, that flow state is where you're just present. And that's where all of these different techniques that we've talked about. Uh, we've called it getting it out of your body but we're also getting inside of our body. Like when we're cold, we focus on what's inside. When we scream, that is a guttural, you feel it in your throat. You feel your ribs expand. You just feel everything let out. So you've not just let something out. You've just gotten in to your body more. The claps, it's only me getting more into my body, me just firing those neural connections. Um, so with things, and, and Jordan, thank you for teeing me up, with things that can cross over really well into mindfulness, I do run a group called Global Gratitude Jar, which is a private Facebook group as well as an external <clears throat> network. And what we do there is on the base level, we just focus on pra practicing gratitude daily. And I truly believe that just showing up once a day for maybe 30 seconds to 90 seconds thinking about what you're grateful for and then just either dropping that in a physical jar in a journal or in a facebook group is the best entry level to mindfulness because a lot of people have this perception of what mindfulness you know looks like like monk type stuff but it really isn't that like matt everything you described about knowing what feelings are going to arise and saying these things aren't necessarily true like I know this, I know this now, and this, this muscle gets stronger because you're training it, as you talked about. It's a, a skill or an exercise that you do over and over again and get better at. Like, you know, Matt, I'm sure you're not challenged with paradiddles anymore, but at one point, that was a skill, you know, when he was like three, everybody, that was a skill that was challenging to Matt Halpern, but now... Negative three, negative three. Right, right, when he was yeah. sperm. Can I, can I say something too? Just a very current thing that I'm working on that um, that's come with this class uh, that I'm, or this course I'm doing with Wim Hof, but I want to say I've been really applying the same methodology and, and sort of foundation and focus that I have to, uh, like when I teach drummers, like what to do or when I'm learning something myself. So part of this course, as you get into it, is a little bit more physical, different kinds of physical exercises. And one of the ones that has been prevalent in the past couple of weeks has been headstands. Mm -hmm. So learning how to stand on your head, which for me is, you know, when I, again, when I first started thinking about it, it was like, I'm so big, like, that's going to be hard. I'm tall. Where am I going to find the space? So <clears throat> I just started like, I started doing it leaning against the wall, right? Like putting your legs against the wall and just being there and feeling comfortable and just practicing getting up in that position confidently, right? And then um, I started doing it sort of close to the wall in case I needed it to fall on, fall back on, but trying not to. Anyway, the point I'm getting to is, so now I can do a, a headstand in the middle of the floor, right? And I'm comfortable getting up in that position and holding it. But it's interesting because I do find like when you are learning anything, um, you, you you practice, you practice, and you don't get it right away. And the more you keep trying to do it in the moment, you could get frustrated with it. 
Um, but I've learned not to get frustrated and to basically say to myself, all right, you've given it a go. You've tried it X amount of times today. Tomorrow, come back and do it again. And every time that I've said that to myself, I've you know, been able to do it the next day, the first time, you know, whatever the challenge was. So whether it was getting in a, a certain headstand or like the shelf position, um, that's another one that I still haven't mastered yet, but I'm really working on every day is better every day. I can hold it a little bit longer. Um, and so much of it goes back to a point that Jordan has really brought up. And Jeff, I'm sure that you have a lot to say on this too, is like being kind to yourself about the progress you are making um, instead of beating yourself up for not being able to do it in the moment. You know, it, not getting frustrated with yourself because you got it at first and then you can't get it again. Just be kind to yourself and realize that there there's a there's a period of time where you have to let the subconscious take over and and sort of fuse it all together for you so you can do it at will. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, cohesive to what you were saying in that, like the practice of gratitude or mindfulness seems almost, it seems hard and it seems like, oh man, really? Like if I do this every day, I'm really going to get better at it. But the truth is you do, especially if you're kind to yourself in letting it just happen day to day, um, in between the practice sessions. Yeah. Definitely. One of the things, just giving your permission, yourself permission to do what we call jolt or just one <clears> little <throat> thing. So if you're having a really hard time thinking of something you're grateful for, think of just one little thing. Could have been the same thing you were grateful for yesterday, but you have now proved your, to yourself that you're the type of person that shows up daily and does gratitude or that shows up daily and does headstands. So let's say you're a little tired. Do one headstand and that's it. You, and then there will be tomorrow. There will be the next day. And giving ourselves permission to enjoy the path or the journey as much as we do the destination is what life is about. Like if you're, we all yeah. strive. We have that thing we're looking for. Like I want to get to X. But if you don't enjoy your path to X, what have you been doing with your life? You know. So just showing up, doing one little thing being kind to yourself and, and continuing on is one of the best ways to find uh, fire in a sustainable goal because it gets hard sometimes and that's okay. It's supposed to be. I've noticed too, you brought up something just now that I want to mention um, that, that I <clears throat> sometimes have struggled with in terms of expressing or writing uh, gratitude statements or things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um some days I run out of things that I haven't, like, I, I don't always have a new thing, you know? Sure. And, and, and I think part of, I know the answer to what I'm saying, which is it can be the same thing every day. Sure. But it's a really good reminder to hear it. Um, because I think one of the things that I beat myself up about and maybe other people do too, or maybe the reason why I don't decide to write it down that day is because I can't think of anything new. Sure. Um, so it's nice. I, I kind of want to hear you say, or at least your thought on if people encounter that feeling, what do we do? At that yeah. Point? So it's, it's a little bit creativity at this point. And 
So let's say you're having a hard day or you're having a great day, but you just can't think you're still just grateful for your wife and your, your pups and your family and, and the chocolate croissants crew. Get a little creative with it. Like it, just take a look around. Like as I look out of my window, I see mountains. I'm thankful for those often. I see shingles on a roof. Shingles on a roof keep rain from falling on us. As I look at your background, I see hung pictures. You know those little things that look like little like alligator teeth that make yeah. it so you can like space a picture and just that you could be thankful for that. Like that is an amazing invention. Like, so I call it ill or I love lamp. I love silicone straws. Like I love the plant that's in front of me. Like it is as simple as getting a little uh, brick from, uh, from Anchorman. Just look around, like they're amazing things all around us every day that we never stop. And it's going to be in everybody who is a creative realizes that sometimes in creation it's a little painful when you can't be creative right right away. But just sit with it for a second. Look around. Think about what you have. Think about what other people might not have. And it gets a lot easier. But these skills are are only developed over time. And that's why we just show up and do do one little thing because it gets easier from there. And just, I will actually say that this exercise, there are some people right now who might be listening, who might be suffering a little bit from what is going on with this global pandemic. And I will say that although it's hardest, this exercise has most benefit to you. Like in our last podcast, we talked about how I had hit rock bottom at a certain point. The fact that I've hit rock bottom means that like people can't take away more than that for me. So I have a lot to be grateful for. So for anybody who is going through that, they're in the thick of it right now. Even if it feels a little forced, just think of something and then show up the next day and, and try and do the same thing. It, it's the absolute right time to do it, as Jordan was saying, like timing wise. This global gratitude group that I started started to really get engaged in like end of December and January. And it's just been on fire ever since people inviting their friends with me, just putting out small things into the world and people responding like, Oh my God, this is exactly what we need. So I hope that if uh, anybody out there is struggling at all that you can see, although it's going to be the hardest time to start it, this might be the best time. Uh, Jeff, I, I want you to share how people can both uh, join the Facebook group, but also maybe you can explain what you've built um, as an extension of that sure. as well, um, where people can pay money to go much deeper with you and your talents. But I want to tee it up in the sense that I'd imagine there's some people listening uh, to us right now talking about a gratitude practice. And 15 plus years ago, I was uh, in a similar state of mind when I was considering mindfulness meditation and uh, Tai Chi and, and yoga and energy work and things of this nature. And a lot of us will think like that shit is soft uh, or it's too like woo woo or hippy dippy. Sure. Um, and, and I want to express that to do the emotional work within yourself, uh, to develop uh, a, a practice of feeling grateful uh, for to be alive, no matter what your state is, to, to develop these things within ourselves, uh, this is what will make you the baddest motherfucker. 
honestly, because if you develop these skills, then then it sets everything ablaze, whether it's your relationships or your work or your workouts or whatever it may be. I mean, this is what makes us strong. This is what makes us sharp. And this is what can put us in a position to be most successful in whatever way that we choose. Yeah. I'd say that the soft skills aren't even in a renaissance because I don't know if they ever got their light in the first place, but they're in the spotlight. Like every entrepreneur right now understands that if you aren't truly empathetic and understanding of what your tribe wants, thinks, and needs, you're not serving them the best you can. And unfortunately, this is where it comes to, to getting hard. If you're not doing it, somebody else will. So these soft skills of listening more than you speak, of truly being present when you listen, of being empathetic and trying to imagine what those people make may, may be thinking, what they most desire. Also, having a control over ourself where in any bad position, we can think of what we're grateful for. Like we have that perspective, like prisoners of war dig into to gratitude and hope when, uh, when shit's going really bad. So I know it seems flowery, but these are the same tools that made Nelson Mandela such a, a powerful human and Viktor Frankl in his, his meaning of life. Like these, uh, I know they seem soft, but until you've really faced yourself and looked inside at what you might not look, you haven't really done that much hard stuff yet. I think one of the important things to highlight, and Matt, this may help as well, uh, to the point that you were making, prompts. Prompts are really, really beneficial when you're struggling to figure out what's going on with you. And and of course, Jeff, to your point, you know, Jeff said it best. It's like, yeah, of course, every day you might wake up and you say, I'm, I'm grateful for my spouse and my dogs and my house. And I mean, and, and of course, Jordan said hippy dippy. I started thinking about there were a couple of days in a row that I kept saying that I was grateful for... Uh, the Grateful Dead and Dead and Company. You know, I mean, uh, for me, every day I was feeling that. Yesterday, sure, it just came up where I just had music. You know, I may not have read the whole prompt, but every day when you sign on and you and you look at uh, the, in this Facebook group, what you get to see is one. There's a great image that could make you think of of creative things that now you are grateful for. But there's always a little blurb that goes with it, and it changes daily, which is awesome. And with that, yeah. it's inspiration. And then if you if you can't really get outside the box, this will help you to maybe start playing in Jeff's sandbox a bit more. And he's going to heighten the perspective. And now you get to see a whole different view. And, oh, well, maybe there are... And, of course, if you really sit back and think about it, there are, I mean, endless things you're probably grateful for. You just may not know how to express it. Uh, sure. and you just maybe a little bit of out of practice. And really then uh, to go a bit deeper, it's always great if you have the means, uh, the, the funds are available to hire a coach to get you started in this way. And uh-oh. you never hear that here in Maui. Sorry wow. about that. Okay. Of course. <laughs> um, it's a sign that if you need a coach to help you get on track with, with just a, a great expression of gratitude every day, Jeff is the guy. Well, thank you, friend. Of course. I actually started a course called Seven Days to Shift from Fear to Gratitude because 
as the unknown was so unknown, it would actually like, I am pretty empathetic now. I've uh, honed in my empathy tool, but I would hop onto Facebook and just feel other people's pain because everything they were expressing, whether they said it or not, was saying, I'm scared, I'm afraid, I'm worried for the future, I don't know what to do, uh, I'm panicking, there's a lot of thoughts going around. So I, at that, I, like I'm, I'm a, a fixer, I'm a solver, I, I can't like see a problem in the world and not be a little bothered by it. So I just said, well, I can, I can do something about this because I, I too have felt some of these things and they are re- reoccurring because I'm human and I know how to get past them. So I started a course and that's what uh, Jordan was referring to. I've got a, an external network that has no distractions unlike a, a private Facebook group. And we've got a, uh, a seven-day course, which is really seven days of prompts and discussion, but it can be drawn out over two weeks because sometimes you need to read something sleep on it, and then come back. And I definitely realized that. So I turned the seven-day course into a 14-day course. Um, and then I've also got a what's called the, the Grateful Human Identity Membership. And this is a part of our human power to, to join tribes or to have identities. And if your identity is a positive one, it can take you through anything. If it's a negative one, it can also take you through anything, but your life is not going to have spiraled out in a positive way afterwards. But if you could look in the mirror or in the FaceTime cam and say, I am a grateful human and mean it, like when things get difficult, that identity is going to come back and make things a little bit easier. Because when you know you find yourself with a challenge, you won. Think of things that you're grateful for. And then two, have a better mindfulness for what action you can now take to rid yourself of that challenge. So I've just created two options. One is for an intense deep dive, that seven days. And the other one is the maintenance where you can just say, I am a grateful human and mean it. And as we all know, with like a toxic tribalism and, and different identities, they can take you down a really bad rabbit hole where you don't see somebody else's side but if anybody can think of a negative of being a more positive and grateful human i'd, I'd, I'd love to hear it you can be friends with everybody <laughs> and be a, a more grateful human and that you know it's it served me well and if it it speaks to anybody else here uh global gratitude jar on facebook which is www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash global gratitude jar and then the mighty network that i've created i think i'm gonna have to throw in a link because it's a little harder to remember but that'll be in a link in show notes or anywhere this is shared so you could see there's free options and there's paid options and what you invest in yourself is what you get out of it as well but i think for both for the goodman brothers they've seen the value of just showing up daily and just saying just one little thing or riffing on it it, it 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 does have some value and matt you're more than welcome because we all love dogs there and uh you can be thankful for your dog every single day and people are going to be stoked yeah no i i'm gonna add it to my um <clears throat> my daily routine for sure um because it is something that, that i find it harder at least right now to practice 
by myself. You know, I think being part of a group like that would be great. So I'm, I'm going to do it. Hopefully our listeners will too, but yeah, I, I can certainly make it to your point. Um, a, a 30 to 90 second part of my day, at least to jump in and express that. I, I think it, it would be a shame not to, um, it's powerful. It's definitely yeah, powerful. It, it, I know it is. And, and, um, there's no reason not to add it to, to everything else that I'm already working on for sure, because it can only enhance it further and, yeah. It's one other one other uh tool to, to to be able to use in the tool belt. Um before we wrap up uh, and just one, one sec Jeff I want to ask you too cuz we kind of we we got sidetracked right at the first thing you're doing every day. <laughs> um, sure. I'm curious just if, if we have a few more minutes I'm just curious to hear sort of any other practices that you're still taking part in like I I'm wondering yeah. if you are still doing cold exposure to some degree. Um, or whatever, but what, if you don't mind sharing sort of the, the, uh, the rest of, of your yeah. routine, my, my other, uh, sanity and optimizing things are, I, I do take cold showers. Um, if I absolutely feel like I need it, I start with the water hot and then I just, by the end of the shower, it's going cold and I'm, I'm getting everywhere, like including that, like side of your body that when the water hits you, like every oh, time, yeah, every time yeah. it hits there, you're like. I'm alive. I'm so alive. Um, yeah. Also, when I can, I make trips up to Eau Valley, which is a place that I took Jordan when he visited me here in Maui. is one of the most beautiful places on earth that when you're there, you're just thinking about being there. The water's kind of chilly. You just get in. I told uh, Jordan that before we went uh i said what we're going to do there is we're just going to do nothing we're just going to be there that's what we do at this spot like and that is one of my other grounding practices uh as of right now the gates are closed so i just go around the gates and get in the water anyway and the other thing has been you know we distribute our our love to the world over the the world wide web and over facebook and these groups and everything like that but one of the most powerful gifts i've given to myself has been realizing that that doesn't always serve me and sometimes i am better suited to just be in quiet to shut myself off from the world for a little bit so my mornings have been started by going onto my la- like leaving my phone in my room making coffee for my wife and I, and then I get onto my laptop and I turn the Wi-Fi off and I just write because almost everything that we want to put out into the world is inside of here and here. Yet, if we just let everything that the world wants us to consume stream in through our, our eyes and ears, a lot of that gets really cluttered. So a lot of my dialing into being a better leader of an online group has been getting offline more. And then when I get on, I absolutely treasure it. I go to um, Global Gratitude Jar. I go to my Mighty Networks. I see if anybody is posted in chocolate croissants and if there's anything I can offer there. If there's not, I just appreciate what everybody else has, has said and liked or loved it. But it's it's made interactions a little bit more important and a little bit more pure versus just having that constant stream. And as we know from episode 40, I am a 
a highly addictive human, so I am quite capable of not being capable of getting off my phone if I, if I fall down that rabbit hole, because I'm very curious. I want to see everything that's happening in the world. So I just had to ask, is this serving me as a leader, as the person I want to be? If I were to die in, in two weeks from uh, COVID-19, would I be happy with what I've done in the world? And the answer, if I was being distracted all the time, would be no. Um, but without those distractions, the purpose has been a lot stronger. So that is the routine, is unplug. Cool. Yes. It's yeah. Perfect. Please shake. <laughs> I, I needed the right word. Just like cut it right there and just like all right, just like close the laptop. Yeah. Right. Slam. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty that it's on point, man. And you mentioned too, <clears throat> when we were setting up for this, that there are times of day where you are putting on restrictions. Um for for your your consumption right. and, and which yeah. is very smart. And I, I I forget. I was having a conversation about this the other day. I was on. I was on another podcast as a guest, and I was just mentioning that something similar in that um, getting away from my phone, getting away from the news, getting away from people's opinions, and 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 even in moments like finding myself like consume or uh, kind of in a trance with it, and then catching myself and saying, "Is this?" serving me to your point and if the answer is yes then i keep going but if i'm being honest and the answer is no then i stop and that is a really important thing to practice um and i do know without saying by name there there are a number of people in our group um who are just constantly i i see them and i see the timestamps, and i see what they're doing and they're constantly consuming and you have to ask yourself is it serving you or, or can you be doing something better for yourself and right now there is there's no better time to be a little bit selfish in in doing things you need to do for you yeah. um because you really can't be good for others if you aren't good to yourself. And, and I can't remember if I, if, if I mentioned this on this podcast, but um, my, my grandfather used to say to me, charity starts at home, right? Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. And I think now, True. mentally, physically, that also starts at home. Um, so be a little selfish. If you need to leave the room or go... We're at like if you're around people a lot, or, or if, if you're feeling like you, you know you want to make everybody happy, but you're not happy. Stop trying to make everybody else happy. Focus on yourself. Go do what you need to do, and, and be a little selfish right now because long term, it's a good practice to to know how to do it in a selfless way. Yeah. Uh, and and again, just, this is a good time to take advantage of those things because we are home and we are not really out and about and developing new, uh, new routines, new practices, as everybody's heard before is, a, is, is very smart during this time because you can then better serve others. So yeah. I like that that's part of your day. Um, and I, I've analyzed recently too, for myself and I'm sure you guys have too, Jordan and Justin, like I've been really building in a lot of alone time where I can be with my thoughts and be away from the internet and other people physically and online. 
um, and do things that are making me happy without an audience. Yeah. It's huge. It's really huge. Definitely. So I hope, I hope other people find that for themselves too. And there's a lot of places to look. And a, a good question to ask yourself if you're finding yourself being repeatedly distracted, even if it's with fun stuff like, you know, a Benny Greb video or, 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 you know, whatever it may be, just falling down the, the, uh, the rabbit hole of what pedals Tim LaFave uses on your, your favorite songs that he plays on. Like, just ask yourself, what's the difference between what I want now and what I want most? And if what you're doing currently is different, is not on the path to what you want most, you just have to acknowledge that and say, how much do I, I really want that? And that's been this, if there was a silver lining of being, you know, unemployed and uh, starting a new network in, in difficult times, it would be that I've just come to realize a stronger purpose and it's only gotten stronger. And I had to look like, do my actions match my words and my values? And when I was getting highly distracted, they weren't because I wasn't going to create, you know, my end goal, the more I say this, the more real it gets and the more powerful it gets. My end goal is to create a global gratitude movement, like millions, like big. And the discomfort of knowing that I don't know how to do that sometimes drives me to distraction. And it's because it's a daunting path that I'll, I will figure out, but I am on the path to figuring out. But Anything that distracts me from that at this point doesn't serve me. So at this point, it's got to go. So it's important to know what you want most versus yeah. what you want now and keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because what awesome. we want now is always like the, the it's the chocolate of, of life. But it's not necessarily what we want later, which is the, the poor health if we're just eating milk chocolate for lunch every day. Amen. <laughs> Victor Wooten made a great point. He said, you know, I'm going to come out of this so much better. I'm sure. And I mean, and that was very powerful to hear. You know, he, he had said uh, on, on, a, on a chat that I was listening to earlier with Yannick Wazdala, who's, who's done some practicing in his, in, his, in his base shed on some periphery stuff, which was really cool to see. Um, uh, something, a chat they were having, it was really important to hear uh, that conversation that Victor had said next year he was going to take the whole year off and just focus on family. He hadn't been home for a solid month for his two youngest kids that are 15 and 16. And, uh, and, and now he's kind of forced into that. But he said, I'm going to come out of this better. I'm working on all of these different skills and all these different things that I can control that when I come out, I'm going to be a much better human than I was where I know a lot of people are struggling right now to figure out what does that mean and what can I do. But, you know, having some alone time and, and maybe journaling to Jeff's point, you know, really thinking about what can I do now and keep that future, you know, not the stuff that I want right now, like the chocolate, right? But keeping that future in view of what do I want to be when I come out of this is, is just so important right now. Jordan, can I get a ding? <laughs> there you go. I'd also say, in the process, none of us are are Victor Wooten. So to return back to the uh, 
the giving yourself kindness that Jordan brought up earlier, or maybe Matt did, uh, it is important that in the process we do acknowledge that we are in a essentially at a minimum a global recession and there we're dealing with this in in many different ways and it is okay to as i said freak the fuck out just a little bit just try to find your thing that makes you just that little bit better each day and be kind to yourself in that path and i think uh we'll all get out of this together be a part of a community like uh jordan and i have spoken about many times like being community members and community leaders just helps us just be tied together with another group of, of real humans that we get to know a little bit better. And I, I'm, I'm very grateful for you guys having your group and, and letting me be a member in it. Thanks for sharing. It's, it's, it's been very useful for me, helpful uh, to talk to you about it. So if I can start now with my gratitude for today it's that i'm grateful that we had this chance to to talk i'm grateful that we had a chance to catch up and i'm grateful that i'm taking some new things away from this that i want to work into um my day to help me find even more things that i'm grateful for so yeah that's 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 what i want to say to to sort of wrap up my side matt's trying to just say he's grateful for you jeff and I'm grateful. And when, when you post, you can join the group, Matthew, tonight, and you can just write, "I'm thankful for Jeff." There we go. I will. I'm going to do it. <laughs> is this the same group that it was prior that I was a part of, or is it a new? Um... Possibly, it just wasn't on fire yet. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe it was possibly going at that point. Um, it it was just the when we started tracking run streaks and holding each other a little bit more accountable. Accountable. Um, it was January 1, just things just popped off. So, yeah, I've had this group since March 11th, 2016 or 17. And Jordan was the first member to accept my request. So, yeah, 311 day. That's right. I, I, re- I remember being in it. I think I am still in it. Um, and I see the posts. Um, sure. Again, I've just struggled with like, I guess opening up about or thinking about what's going on. Maybe it's the wrong time of day that I'm looking, but I'm going to jump back in. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think I'm going to say I'm grateful for Jeff today for sure. Cheers awesome. to that friend. Me too. Yep. Jordan, you're uh, on. So I will say the, uh, the, the evil perhaps genius of Facebook and their algorithms is that now that I've been consistent uh, in the global gratitude jar, uh, one of the first things I do every morning is I open up Facebook and Jeff's thoughtful prompt is always the first thing that comes up on my timeline. Hey, nice. Um, so that has definitely helped with my consistency because I don't have to put in any effort to seek it out. It already knows that that is what I am looking for. Um, I would like to say, obviously, facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Uh, Jeff, for, for a long time, and especially in the past uh, you know, month plus that we've uh, been more active, he has been one of the most engaging members. Uh, so uh, look, it, if you are listening and, and you are not a part of the group currently, you're welcome to join if you are a part of the group already, but just not as engaging. 
uh, all of us are like on an equal uh, footing with this. Um, there's uh, Matt, your buddy Mario just joined and he's already been contributing uh, several threads that have both been um, engaging, but also just highly valuable. So this is whatever you want to make it uh, for, for the person listening to my voice right now. Uh, I, I'd like to say that, that Justin, Jeff, and Matt, uh, the three of you are uh, three of the, my bestest friends, uh, three of my closest brothers, and I love you all dearly. And it's meaningful for me to share that publicly. So I, I appreciate all of you and the gifts that you share with me. Um, and beyond that, I'd say if you are listening at any moment, you are feeling let down, you are feeling uh, scared. Uh, all you can do is just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just imagine <clears throat> Matt, Matt just tanning. <laughs> I'm picturing and it. It's so vivid right now. It's so vivid. Yeah. There's trees behind you, and then there's Matt on one of those chairs with the slots that get stuck to you. And he's got like his just, it's like all out there, all out there. So the, the coping, all out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the coping skill of coping skills. Um, I would give myself the award today for the least amount of a uh, chest exposed. And I'm going to take that to the bank. Uh, we will be back next week, but we are in the Facebook group uh, at this very moment. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I love everyone. I'm grateful for everyone. And uh, in the moment that you need it most, again, please be kind to yourself. Until next time, 